Love on the rocks Ain't no surprise Just pour me a drink And I'll tell you some lies Got nothing to lose So you just sing the blues All the time Gave you my heart Gave you my soul You left me alone here With nothing to hold Yesterday's gone Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm tonight's host, Chris Bowds, and I'm joined tonight by Kieran Harron. Yes, you are. Louis McCaffrey. Thanks for the tea. And Chris Armani. Likewise, thanks for the tea. Uh, reverse back, it was me who made your tea. Oh, it's, uh, you both live here, right? The household has provided. In separate rooms, we might add. Hi, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 2016. <laughs> Nobody cares what you guys get up to. Well, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, usual host and uh, performance artist Chris Gallagher can't join us tonight. Uh, taking a break to, break to freshen up the act, but um, we've got lots to talk about. A very positive weekend for the Celts. Uh, Ronnie's last game, and um, we'll maybe talk a little bit about the manager situation. Start with the game first of all. Let's dive in. Uh, who wants to Who wants to start off? The man. Well, I was there. Um, I was quite glad to be at that one because I missed the Hamilton game where it was eight one and kind of missed a kind of goal fest there. Um, no coincidence. I mean, it was the last game of the season. Both teams got nothing to play for, um, so it was a kind of exhibition match. Um, unfortunately, my lawyer didn't really turn up to help that that out, so we just kind of took it upon ourselves to kind of. Have a wee bit of fun. Um, played a lot of good football at times. Uh, it was quite interesting to the lineup when it kind of looked like there was no striker, and you're kind of thinking, "Oh, don't you be following Levine here with the whole kind of um, four six zero But it worked out quite well because it was kind of like Christie and Rodgers beside each other, but they were kind of quite high up and they were moving about because Christie was doing a lot around the defence, moving, but was kind of coming back into midfield to get the ball as well. Um, I think as well the fact that. The, the attacking players played so well that at times I'd f- totally forgot McGregor was playing. McGregor was just didn't he didn't really kind of push himself too far forward defensively that that I can remember. Um, uh, he just kind of kind of kept it tidy in midfield. Johansson as well was kind of quite tidy. Um, I mean the good thing was I mean the passing wasn't as poor as we've seen before when sometimes we've got Bitton and Brown in there. Um, the passing seemed a bit more crisp, but it was actually getting to players. The, the problem we have sometimes is when they're passing, they're just not getting anywhere. Um, there wasn't a lot of pressure from Motherwell, so maybe that helped factors where they weren't kind of forced to make the pass and to be making the error. Um, defensively, I mean, you guys didn't have very much to do. No, they did. Um, two fullbacks done well, kind of getting up and helping out. And um, good to see seven different scorers as well. Seven was kind of helping in. Um, but it was a really enjoyable game to watch. Um, it's just a shame it was kind of we, we could almost look at it as possible full dialer. But what happened in the last game of the season instead of maybe the first game of the season, and then the season may have changed differently. Um, but yeah, it's good to watch some good goals as well, and good to see the the young lad. Um, I've kind of forgot his name. Um, sixteen year olds 
with his first touch. What I, what I quite liked as well was it was the fact that um, he was on his toes, so he kind of caught on to a mistake. Cause I think it was a, de- a deflection off a defender, and he was actually went for it. So he actually was he was aware he was aware of the ball, aware of the situation. It was on his toes and got to the ball because he actually done it again a few minutes later. I think it was a poor pack, uh, back pass. And again, he was almost getting to it as well. So he was, uh, he was showing keenness and he was looking aware to get it. So yeah. um, He yeah. looked like quite a natural striker as well because he could have taken a touch, but he didn't. He just he, he moved and then just the shot. And, and that was on his it. weaker foot, apparently. Oh, ah, he's come out and said that's his weaker foot. He says he doesn't, he's, I think he said he's never, I don't know if he said he'd never scored a goal with his left foot, but he says he very rarely hits with his left foot. 16 years and 71 days, not bad, not bad. Um. Full Dyla, is that is that a lot of nonsense, Sarmani? Um yeah. Well I expand, I yes, expand. No, I mean I think Ronnie coming out and saying, I wish I had done things more my way, you know, and you can hear the Sinatra tune in the background as he says it, and then signing off with a performance that didn't have Brown and Beaton in the middle, which a lot of people are saying, Oh, look how fluid the movement is when they're not there, etc. etc. I suppose what it does is it leaves uh, that lingering doubt in your mind. You know, it could have been different. You know what I mean? But ultimately, I don't. Th- I, I think I don't think it was Ronnie's bravery or otherwise. I think it, the reason he's not here is some of the tactical decisions he made were ludicrous. So, I mean, did he go full dilated? Perhaps he didn't. But at the same time, you know what I mean. I, I don't think that was the reason why he's not here. I don't think he would have had to have done that much better. To have kept his job, if you if you follow me, I just think some of the dis- I mean, the, the tin hat on it was basically the, the tactics he employed against Rangers, standing off a first division side. You know, I just think sometimes it, his decisions were baffling, and that's ultimately what it was. And I don't think if he'd went full dialer, that would have changed. I just think tactically, it's a w- he's a wee bit naive, and maybe the job came a wee bit too early for him. But then you've got me seen sounding quite negative there already. And uh, yeah, I wanted to get Louis. get into it straight away, sir, Manny. No, we'll come back to dial, and then okay. you can be negative later on. Okay. Louis, the game seven 0 Let's get back to being positive. Yeah, I, I must admit, see, when I saw the team um, before kickoff, I I was a wee bit disappointed. That when I looked at it at first, I I wanted to see the likes of Allen in there after him playing the game before. I would have liked to have seen him get uh, more time. Yanko, I would have liked to have seen uh, possibly start the game, to be honest. Um, and then with a the young right-back that played some time uh, in the game previous, I, I thought maybe he might even get a chance. I mean, I'm, I know Yanko, Lustig and, and uh, that boy, they're all right-backs, but... I don't know. I thought we would maybe see more of the kind of academy players featuring. Um, but having said that, I think as the game went on and you saw the attitude and the way that we played against a team that didn't turn up, I mean they were all in, mentally they were all in their holidays. There was there was no way they were they were really putting themselves about to really affect the game. But we still had to beat what was in front of us, and we done it very very well. And we played some of the best football probably we've had all all season and in, in the very last game. But all the players looked up for it. They all really looked as if they were up for it. Um, and w- as I started to think about the team that was playing, 
actually, it's quite a nice, well-balanced team. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, you know, there's no recognised striker there, so for for one point you're not we're not going to play that team is not going to be the team for next year but it's the basis of a squad for next year definitely I mean if you you look at um, the likes of Gordon and Goal Lustig Johansson those would be your, your kind of senior players uh, a kind of new crop of senior players something that we spoke about last week in the podcast um, maybe the likes of Commons and Mulgrew uh, these, these players who have been the senior players for years of an old older regime, you know, maybe it's time to move them on and have new, new, new kind of older players setting an example uh, yeah. for the future. But those those players in particular, I, those players for me are, would be players that I would want to keep and players that I'd want in the squad. Someone like like Johansson, I still think he can do a job. Um, so I, I would be keeping him. Gordon isn't going to go anywhere. Lustig isn't going to go anywhere. But them for the experience side of it was was pretty good. Then you've got the likes of um, Christie coming in, played in a position that he, he doesn't usually play in, but he played very well, I thought, throughout the game. Um, you could see him wanting to come deeper a lot to try and really affect the game, and when he did, I, I thought he had, he had a good impact. Um but I thought it was just a really nice balance to the team. And I think, that, as we've mentioned already, the fact that Beaton and Brown weren't there and you have McGregor, who, for me, has been, other than Tierney and Rogic, he would be my top three of players that I've been I've most enjoyed watching this year. And the kind of progress that he's made after... Being in the team, then dropping out, then coming back in. I think the last few months he's really upped his game to the point now where I would I, he would be in my starting lineup for the first game of the season. Um, but I, I thought it was a nice balance about it, and I think there's good signs there. I think any manager who's thinking about coming to us is possibly being interviewed. I think if he watched that game yesterday and looked at some of those players, I think he'd be really happy with them. I think as well. <coughs> All the players that were on the pitch um, yesterday, apart from Effie, I've got a clean slate. I mean, let's not lie about Effie. It's time you want him out of the club as soon as possible. But the rest of them have got a clean slate, I think, because there's guys that haven't performed and, and, and have been written off to a certain extent. Like uh, Armstrong, who was superb. The finish for his goal was just out of this world. Um, he started to look like the player that we'd seen glimpses of at the start of his Celtic career and at Dundee United. Um, Johansson as well was was good yesterday. Um, we know how he can perform last season, but this season's been a bit of a disaster for him. Although I'm sure Christian would pull out some stats to prove just how fantastic he actually has been. Um, but these guys, see, there's very few players at the club who I would say, right, your time's definitely up because the, the new manager could come in and get something out of them. There's, there's some players who I think we need to freshen up and move on. You know, likes of Commons and, and or maybe McGrew, you know, they could probably still perform at a certain level for us. But I think in terms, the point you're making about senior players, I think they've been at the club, you know, they're, you know, just moving things, freshening the things up. I mean, McGrew's never going to be more um, for us than a competent centre-half in the SPL. If we aspire any higher than that, I'm not sure he can do it. Commons, we all know, you know, he's... I'm not going to say what Gal says about him, but he's, you know, if he's not scoring a lot of the time, he's not contributing. But 
the vast majority of the other players, you know, they can go on and form the nucleus of the, the side for a new manager. So I think, you know, very few of them are, are definitely uh, out of the club. If you the, the, the other thing, lastly, is that there's no, there was no big egos in that team yesterday. You know, there's no players that you would imagine really causing problems or thinking they are above their station. I think there was just... It, the likes of Armstrong, Christie, Rogic, these players are just young, hungry professionals that, for once, looked like they were players who actually enjoyed playing football. They did. I mean, that's exactly it. The team looked like they were having fun. And it was actually... A, it was really a fun game to watch. Ultimately, as we've said, it, it didn't mean much, but Boud had said this before we, we, we started recording. See if we performed like that, you know, a, a number of times through the season. See with the disasters, see with the bad results and the bad European form, you still would have seen lights and, you know, maybe would have thought, oh, wait a minute, this is working. If we'd seen a wee bit more of that this season, one dialer might be here and two, that you know, the fans might you know, might have given them a stronger backing because that's what ultimately we want to see. We want to see Celtic not only win, but we want to see them play fantastic football. And that was, you know, along with the 6-1 Dundee United game, well, these were the two games that Dialers managed us and we've, we've looked at and went, that's what we should be aspiring to do. The big issue as well that I think coming from that is the mentality. I don't, obviously you can't quite um, manage the mentality of the players. So with the mentality of the pressure, that's the, there was no pressure on the game yesterday, which showed. But we have seen previously when there's been pressure games, they've just not performed. Mm. And it's like, it's their characters have kind of hidden. Now that should be the manager's job to kind of pull, pull them out of that yeah. and give them the confidence to say, no, hold on a minute, you are as good as that team you're on the field with you. Get out there and perform. Don't shy away. If a mistake's happened, that's it. Get, just ignore it and start moving on. Just ignore the fans. If they're getting your back... You want you you want them off your back, so just ignore what's happened and kind of start getting back in the game again. I think that was something I think throughout the season that Dyla you could see Dyla couldn't deal with and somehow couldn't kind of um, put his um, his stamp on was that the, the the squad's mentality at times. I mean, we kept we kept talking about when if they were kind of losing a goal. I mean, a good example with Aberdeen. The Aberdeen game we were three 0 up. They, they scored a goal, uh, they got a goal back and he said all of a sudden nerves went through the team and you're kind of mm. thinking hold on a minute you've still got a two goal advantage you are the champions and you're at home then there should not be any nerves there you should still be of the opinion oh, hold on a minute we'll go, go get another goal and just make it 4-1 and the three goal gap so you're, even later on the stage the season they still had that kind of mentality of fear and nervousness coming into them and that's something that the manager has to kind of coach out of them and say no hold on a minute you're you're much better quality of the team ahead of you. You can play better. Just focus and go on that. And I think that I think that was a big issue throughout the season. I think in, as well as with Europe, that um, was kind of a downfall for Dyer. Ultim- I mean, ultimately, some people on on the, the WhatsApp, the, the cynic WhatsApp, and on Twitter, have seen. You know, should we have given Ronnie another chance? You know, oh, that was great. You know, um, and a lot of people got caught up in the emotion of the day. I mean, even myself, yeah, a hard-hearted. Cynic, um, you know it was really great. I was delighted that he got his send off, got his moment in the sun. He's won the league. Turned in a performance like that. The the crowd, it, you know, guys like as a Geary as well. You know, it, it was a really great day, emotional day, fun to watch. But I think I said there's no room for sentiment, and I think it's exactly 
the right decision to move him on. Um, one thing I'll say is with the likes of Tierney, Aitchison coming through and scoring um, at 16 years. I mean, most of us were full of cheap cider and fags at 16, but he's scoring for Celtic. You'd think that, I mean, Dyla, although it hasn't worked out for him in a managerial sense, there's every chance that he's absolutely left his legacy at the club. And I think moving on is the absolute right thing for him to do. And uh, I don't think we should lose sight of that, do you know? Has it not been commented on the fact that it was not, I think Chris was talking about this, and uh, some guy tweeted, I think he deals with the kind of youth system in England, I don't know if he works for the FA, and he goes around all the clubs, and yeah. he actually commented on the fact that Celtic have one of the best academies there, um, and they've got something instilled there that's really, really good. He commented on what Dyla introduced at the club was... Uh, sort of a mindfulness techniques to deal with the mental side of the game. Apparently, Dyla um, introduced this from a, a very young age group where it's not just about getting them on the ball, it's about, you know, coping, learning to cope with the pressures of what it would take to play football at the top level. Apparently, trying to bring that in in the first team squad, sorry, trying to bring in that in the first team squad wasn't particularly successful because, I mean, you know, seasoned pros, a lot of them are going to be resistant to new methods like that, but apparently it was reaping benefits for a lot of the younger players, they were buying into it, and that's kind of shown in, in what some people are saying about our youth system. And look at the development squad as well, they went the whole season, won the league, and were undefeated, the so that's showing something that, defensively as well, that seems to be quite a, a solid rock the going through. The thing about it though is, I mean, we've won however many youth championships over the years and we've only brought, full, brought through a handful of players. Now, we bring through players that end up populating other teams in Scotland. If you take a wee look at the Sheffield Wednesday team, you get Ross Wallace, who was deemed nowhere near good for, good enough for us and he's in a team going for promotion. You look at the Ross County side, that's just ex-Celtic youth. But we never seem to produce guys who are good enough to put up with the the criticisms of the fans and maintain at a certain level at Celtic, that's what we need to do. These guys need to start coming in and making a difference in the first team. And do you know what? If they start doing, then you'd have to say Tyler's played a huge part in that. Absolutely. And I think in Scotland as well, just having um, a, a, a bit of the coping mechanisms for young players is very important because we yeah. know um, there are other temptations in the, the west of Scotland that youngsters tend to get tied up in and doesn't necessarily do very good for athletes and footballers. Um, Louis, Christy up front, um, do you think we'll see him there again? Do you think it was just Griffiths is suspended, let's throw him up there? How do you think he performed? I, th I, thought, he, I thought he performed well. I mean, obviously it's not his, his ideal, you know, preferred position, but for a guy who went in there to, to do a job for the team he certainly did do a job for the team um, as, I, as I said earlier on he, he did he did drop back quite deep to try and affect play which is fine um, I, I mean you need to do that at times Gary Hooper who, who we're watching on the telly right now um, Gary Hooper done that a lot um, Gary Hooper would come quite deep to, to get the ball and link up play um, so I mean strikers do that but I think Christie likes to run at people, and but I, I know we we spoke spoke about it on the WhatsApp and, and everything, and we all have different opinions of Christie. From what I'd seen of him, and I, I I'm not saying I watched every Inverness game, but the games that I did see him in, 
I thought Christie looked the real deal. I, I think he's got a lot of potential there. Again, whether he copes with being a Celtic player, um, whether he can push on to the next level, we need to wait and see. But I think there's a lot of potential in there. I think I think Christie is probably the closest prospect to the type of kind of Ryan Gold type, you know, real the one in Scottish football. I think Christie's probably the closest to that. I can't really think of anybody else. But then, do you know what his biggest challenge is, which I think now is an issue with a lot of players that come into Celtic from other SPL teams, is handling the, the expectation, the pressure of having to break down teams. See, when they're playing for like Dundee Knight and Inverness, when they're playing at other teams in the SPL, they're playing against teams who attack them as well. So it's kind of they're both they're moving about, so there's space for them to, to work with, and that's why they look they they can actually control a game and they can of influence course, a game. However, if you're if you're on the Celtic side and you're in that number ten role, which we've seen a lot this season, teams come to Parkhead, they just sit, park the bus, they've got ten men behind the ball, and that's where we as a team and always as a club f- struggle with so much. But the thing is, Christie is the type uh, number tens love assists. They probably love making a, a beautiful pass through to someone to score than they do scoring themselves. I mean, they love to create. Now, if you come to a club like Celtic, who you know Celtic are going to dominate the ball in every domestic game they play, pretty much, then that that's where you want to be because you want the ball at your feet. Now, he's going to have more time with the ball at his feet. If he gets a game, though, the, the, the thing is... The, there's a few players that have, have sadly come into this situation where they've walked into a bloated squad, a squad where they have struggled to get up the pecking order to really get their chance in the first team. The likes of him, the likes of Alan, now Alan obviously is a bit older, um, whether he's actually going to be given the chance to make an impact might not even be so much about Alan himself, but about who he's got in front of him. And other players, more established players, they always seem to be the ones, you know, it's it's hard to knock the likes of, you know, Beaton and Brown off their, off their perch, if you like. I mean, I would, I would imagine that a manager coming in is still probably, those two would be the two that he would pick. Now, obviously, Alan's probably preferred position would be a bit further on, the number 10 as well, but it's difficult. It's... You would like to think a new manager comes in, it's a level playing field, everybody starts afresh and he assesses everybody. But there is no way you're going to walk into that dressing room and see these older players, more established players, and you take a really ballsy, strong manager to ignore all that and just go, no, he looks best, I'm putting him in. That's what I would love to see happen, but the likes of Christie, Alan, they have to be given their chance to flourish. With Christie in particular, before the game, Kieran, you'd raised concerns about him just being bossed off the ball as a striker or being manhandled by McManus and your likes. How do you feel he handled that? Was he... Uh, he seemed to actually do well with that, surprisingly, but I think it, it was a case of he was always... At times he was dropping off and McManus wasn't following him, so he was able to kind of drop off and move around and have the ball, um, but he was never really... One for uh, man to man to man with McManus or the other centre half. He was always kind of moving around, so um, it didn't have to be kind of kind of pushed off the ball. So I, did, I do think he is very very 
lightweight. He does seem. I mean, he's, he's very similar to Mackay Stephen. Mackay Stephen kind of can get brushed off the ball very, very simply. But yet, then you look at the reverse and you look at Tierney. Tierney's got the same kind of build and stature as the two of them, but yet he's strong as anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can hold up um, big guys um, and can keep them off the ball. So, um, but I mean, I, I mean, if you got enough pace, then you're able to get away from the defenders, and they're not really going to be able to kind of. Yeah, knock you off the ball and stuff like that. One thing with Christie, I genuinely think he looks like Gareth Bale. He does. He, he does, does he look like, like Gareth, Bale. Gareth Bale. And I would imagine because he's he's not he's not like uh, James Forrest height. He's mm. quite he's quite tall. Um, I think with, with 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 a young guy watching the likes of Ronaldo Bale Bale obviously the the best example probably because he's came from the UK and played down in, in England and had such a big impact and went to Real Madrid. But I think Christie strikes me as being very professional. A lot of, I heard a lot of things about how great his attitude's been since he went to the club and all that sort of thing. I would imagine he's got his head screwed on with his dad being a football player as well. I could imagine him really developing physically as well all, as, all as, as skill-wise. He could be that athlete. You know, if he wanted to, I'm sure he could. Could we attempt a Luther Blissett and um, just try to sell him to another club, <laughs> pretending he is Gareth Bale for 80, 90 million pounds? You think? That's, Why not? Yeah. That's a good idea, actually. Um, in terms of Christie, I've said in the past that I'm less hopeful for him. Oh, Christ, man, I do sound like fucking. Neg- Just be honest, be neg- yourself, Nigel. Nigel. Negative Nigel. No, the biggest concern I've got about Christie is his physique. Um, he strikes me. There was times where I seen him at Inverness, and you know, and he, he had a lot of great games, and he's obviously pacey. But there was other times where he was bullied out of uh, bullied out of games. Now, yesterday was great. Really enjoyed it. Um, but we'd I'd like to see him uh, up against some adversity. You know, against tougher games, digging it out and making a difference. Before I pass judgment on him. There's a lot of raw talent with him, um, but he needs to take it to the next level because he does strike me at the moment as a similar sort to Gareth Mc- Gareth McKay, Gary McKay Stevens, a guy who I saw at Dundee United as well and never particularly rated pretty much because I didn't think he had enough heart, um, which we've seen at times um, at Celtic. Um, I'm hoping it's not the same for Christie, but that is my concern. He really does need to, you know get the protein and hit the gym, you know, and uh, then he could kind of um, crack on and hopefully become a good player for us. But he isn't as good as Roberts. <laughs> and that brings me to my next point, Roberts. Um, what do we think about his performance this season, going into next season? Do we see him as pivotal to the team? It is that argument of it's another team's player that we're just going to be developing yet. It's a £12 million player we'd never be able to get if it wasn't for the loan, what are your thoughts on that? You're not going to like this, Samani, at all. But just being contrary. I'm not, whatever I'm you say, I'm going to destroy <laughs> you in two minutes. You know, he, he, he is class. He, he is classy. I think I think he can fade a wee bit in games. And I think... <laughs> um, I think I think he also tries too hard sometimes as well. But... He, when you watch him play, he has got that kind of, you know, next level. A little bit of magic. Guy, we glimpses of something that you think, God, no one else in that pitch could probably do that. But 
I personally would probably rather develop Christie than develop Roberts. I mean, he's here and he's he, he is great, but I would, put, I would put Christie out in the wing, which you'd rather not. No, I I, th- I think Christie have to play out in, out in the wider area. I, I don't. I would rather Rogic. I would play Rogic number ten every day of the week for me, and Rogic's not going to go out wide. Alan, if he plays, he has to really be in the middle. He's not. He's not good out wide. Christie's at least got pace, and he can beat a man one on one. So I would rather he was out wider. It, I, if I had been at Celtic, I probably wouldn't have signed Roberts. I'd have wanted to really get Christie developed. But now that he's here, yeah. The only the only thing would be is I suppose you could say about <laughs> pretty much everybody in the team is how how will they be able to react in the big games? I mean, he never he didn't really affect the, the old firm game or the Glasgow derby or whatever you want to call it. I mean, he had that that horrendous miss, which can happen. You can't bl- you, you can't blame him for that. Somebody else had a horrendous miss yesterday. Yesterday. Who's that? Christy, your boyfriend. Um, that's Tam, right? <laughs> um, but it, that that seemed to affect him missing that, and it, I I thought he totally went out the game then, uh, which was a shame. So, but obviously he's still so young. You, you would hope that you know, come the Euro qualifiers, he could be the man. He could be the man that that pulls pulls us through into the the group stages. You never know. Kieran, your thoughts. <laughs> Waiting. Um, yeah, he's, waiting. He is a, he's a talented player. He is. He does give us that kind of um, directness, and he's also got that kind of skill. He's got the kind of the, the skill factor as well. Where he can do you kind of like your step overs, and you can do the kind of wee bit of skill that kind of gets him to beat a man. Um, I, I mean, playing him as developing him. Do we see that as development in our player? We want the kind of best players playing for us. So if he if he's shown that he's a group player and he can at times he can influence influence games, then yeah, why why would we not want to use him? Um, um, especially kind of for next year. Um, so, uh, but we've got him anyway, so we're going to use him. So there's think, no point. Do you think that the you know the whole link with Celtic and Man City? Obviously, it was strengthened with Dyler. Yeah, you don't think there would be any sort of. You know, clause in there that Dyla leaves, is they it, can take him back or something. Is it not Peter Lowell's son works there? Don't know. Could be. Well, I know Dyla had spent time there, and I think that helped us out. But why would they? Why would they have a clause saying we're going to remove him because Dyla's not there? I don't know. Just because he's they obviously maybe if they had more like they had faith Team in Dyla as a as a manager as a coach. Pessy with loans, you can can technically not call him back whenever you want. Only enchantment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think you, I think it'll you can depend put, on the clause you, you have. Uh, you can put a well, that, I mean, clause that, in. that the, the the young lad O'Connell, we brought him back because he got injured. When he was Listen, down, we'll see what it cocks it. You know. I think you can put a recall a recall clause in. I think um, Man United. Uh, made sure that we had Blackett for the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to send them back a few times, but. Um, I think you can stipulate that yeah, it's just in the contract. Do you know what I mean? Whether or not he's still with a club, is he still with his bucket? Probably not. <laughs> I bet he, he never, he never, well, he never, appe- he never appeared in the pitch because he never appeared for. A, well, I don't know if he played enough games for a medal. Same with Carlton Cole. Carlton Cole never appeared yesterday either. And I, call, I noticed that you missed that st- stroll around the pitch from Carlton. You don't like that. He's probably still strolling about it. <laughs> um, but 
What were you saying before, Calvin Cole? It's just Calvin Cole, my head now. Hey, we're oh. talking about Roberts. We're talking about Roberts. No, that wasn't it. Well, whilst you chew that over, why doesn't Chris give us our, <laughs> his opinion on Roberts? Well, what I will say is, uh, Louis, um, you know, if Roberts doesn't do anything for five minutes, he's on the WhatsApp going, Roberts a bit quiet. Roberts is having a stinker the day. He's doing it to wind me up and he thinks I don't know. No, I mean, I get the the fact that he's a Man City player. Um, it, it is a wee bit annoying for some folk in terms of, oh, wait a minute, we're only going to get him and then he'll perform and he'll disappear. But I genuinely think he is such a talent that we should just kind of appreciate him while we've got him. The thing is, we've got young players who might be able to come in and step in. Guys like Christie, um, some of the younger players. Calvin Miller was in the squad yesterday as well. Um, didn't make it to the bench. But there are some players that could come in um, and develop over the course of the season so that if he does leave next season, you know, you know, we've got people that can step in. But at the moment... We need to remember this guy's what 18, 19. He's come in, he scored, did not score two against Hearts. Um, I think he's, I think he might have scored three over a couple of games against Hearts. He scored two against Aberdeen. Um, he got one again yesterday. This guy was scoring goals in some of what you would call the bigger fixtures. And he's not really played a lot of first team football in his career. I think what you're seeing is a guy that can make the difference for us. I think he really helped us get over the line. And going into next season, I think he could be, as Louis says, the guy that makes a difference for us earlier on. Because one thing that we missed in the Euro qualifiers this season was a player that can make a difference. Rogic, I really cannot wait to see him after uh, a full pre-season. Because that's, you know, in terms of getting straight in and getting really fit and getting in in the team, we've not really seen that. His feet yesterday. Oh. His feet for that goal. Oh. Seriously, no, but oh. that's, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a guy of immense talent. And the question marks has always been over his stamina, right? Um, but now he's starting to come in on his own. If we see him uh, coming in, a full pre-season, Roberts out wide, if we're going to play 4-2-3-1 again, for me... The two, the two of the front three is locked on. It's Roberts and Rogic right now. And then the other position's the one that's up for grabs. Um, Which could be Christie, actually. That could work out well, Christie, because then he would be the ability to kind of cut in and shoot the way that Roberts well, is could. as well. But we see the th- way the three of them work now, um, worked well together. We've seen the Inverness game as well when Alan came on. You know, Some of the stuff was really nice. I think that's two extremely good footballers who could make a difference for us next season. Um yeah, how much how much influence do you think the board would have on a new manager's squad? Now we were we were talking in the car on the way over um, about you know we're not going to sign any players anytime soon. Obviously, we're a day after the season has just ended. Players are going to be going on the holidays and all that, so it's going to be a couple of weeks before things start you know really happening, which is fair enough. But we're not going to sign anybody until we've got a new manager. Surely. That's not going to happen. I don't think that's impossible. If, if we've got it's targets we've located and, you know, see if we need a left-back. So as he's going, we do need a left-back. Yeah. We need a, a yeah. secondary left-back. So unless there's somebody ready to come up from the dev squad, we should be we should already have yeah. left-backs um, seen. But then that's Tierney. So it was Tierney was the youngster coming up. Yeah, and maybe there is another Tierney, but it's, the chances of somebody 
It's whether they, you would imagine. I, I would think we're not gonna we're not gonna sign anybody without a new manager. But we could pot- we could potentially sell players and get rid of players and try and you know fix the deadwood or the blow or whatever you want to call it from the squad. That could potentially happen. Players such as Izzy, who's out of contract, I would say that would be a club board decision to not offer him something than you know. A hedge in your bets. Wait till a manager comes in. But they have to get a year left. Well, that's what he was saying. But I, th- I think as he's just because he, we said after the game, yeah. I want to go because I want to play. And it was actually he was very, very decent. Think spoke very well of the club. But it can be because you can be negotiating deals during the contract. Well, because the um, the club never officially uh, made a statement that as he was leaving. But both home games, he was kind of giving it the whole kind of. Waving goodbye and doing lap of honour and stuff like that, as if he was actually listening. Oh, I'm it's gone. definitely going. If he's got another year, it sounds as if the club aren't bothered, you know, in terms of demanding a transfer fee for him. It sounds as if the club are quite happy just if you can arrange another deal somewhere. That's him. absolutely fine. Just to release him for his contract, possibly. And but then have no cover, but for Tierney? It's, it's where, the, well, where, it's clearly happening. He's, he he can't go through yeah. all that. He's and definitely then, and that's why I was saying to you that I've got a funny feeling that Mulgrew might be offered a job, uh, a job offered a contract because he can cover left back and centre half, and it might be a case of saying like, you're you're an experienced player, you'd help with the squad and some of the youngsters coming through and then and kind of developing the squad and, and the team, and we we'll have you there that requires for filling in at left back and centre half, Aye, but you but wouldn't be a first he, teamer. He's he's no, but he's not going to be. He should be a centre half and nothing else. Yeah. And he's not he's not gonna be your backup left back. You can't you can't I think we need to have a backup left back that's Especially, dead, yeah. that's his role. Mul- Mulgrew gets older, he's only gonna get less competent at left back. He's yeah. you know, he, he loses pace. Yeah. Yeah. See when it, when see when a guy runs up against Mulgrew at left back, it, it's mm. just it's a non starter for us. And we've said uh, plenty about Mulgrew over the years, but as Louis says, he's a centre half or nothing. If he's your backup left back, then you're in bother. I'd the say. problem is, we're not going to get a decent left back because no decent left back is going to come here and say, "Well, I'm not going to be back up to a youngster." Because Tierney literally has got that. That is his. That's his position now. He's number one left back. So you're obviously looking to bring somebody in who's going to be there in case Tierney gets injured or he's suspended and has yeah. to fill in. Well, you, but might, you, might, you might. You might. I mean, you might have a, a, get a defender that can play across the back four. I mean, there's we don't have players. I think I, I think that ourselves. None of our centre halves can play left back. No, but we might get somebody. There's plenty of players that come to That's clubs knowing <laughs> that they're no first choice. Yeah. I mean, that, that if we find a little gem in you know the lower leagues, then that's a step up to Celtic. Doesn't matter. But if, if he's, he's a wee gem, he's, he's not going to develop if he's going to be sitting on the bench week in week out. The, the, the thing, that, going going back to my point, the the one thing I'm my worry is is that the the young players such as Rogic, for example, right? Mm-hmm. I worry that we don't get to see him progress because a new manager wants to come in, and because of the the pressure and because of the demands, especially for Europe, that we end up signing you know seasoned professionals, guys that are a bit further <laughs> on in their career, and they take place over the youngsters like Aitchison. It would, it would, like that for me. Even Tierney, even although I was delighted when Tierney scored, seeing that young boy's sixteen score was first touch. I was jumping up, literally jumping up and down. It felt so much 
better than any of the other six goals because you know that that is a young boy Celtic fan came through our academy. It 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 means more somehow seeing a young boy like that score, and it would be awful if we didn't get to see him again next year. I don't want a new manager to come in and bow to the pressure and start signing you know, players further on in their career at the expense of the youth. So I wonder, do the board, obviously they're going to say that the manager has to have a, a, a focus on developing youth, but how much of an influence do they have on that? Do they say, you know, you're only going to sign a couple of players at this age bracket so that we can further develop the youth? Or is it just do what you want? Who? Here's your budget, do what you want. Well, that'll, that'll decide who signs up, how much how much control they have over the team. But they're, they're in a bit of a, a situation now because they brought Dyla in to do exactly that, right? In the last game of his last ever uh, season in, in charge of the club, we saw... You know, two or three players who you could say that he's been kind of responsible for for the, at least developing. Rogic, I know, wasn't signed by him, but he's kind of became a player under him. Tierney came through and now Aitchison. But at the same time, that approach didn't work. And at the end of the day, they need to sell season books. It's all right us sitting here saying what we would like, and I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. What, I really don't want us just to go for like a Mick McCarthy who's going to get his results, but he's got no interest in, in you know, nurturing long term. And, yeah, long term, nurturing and developing it. I know that Mick would probably come. He's doing a splinted job at, uh, at Ipswich. But what I'm saying is I think they need to get it exactly right in between a guy who's got an eye on the long-term future of the club developing players and being enough of a draw that they're going to sell season books. The only guy who ticks all those boxes that comes to my head is Brendan Rodgers. Probably right. But I mean, the point you make as well about the next manager and the answer to Louis' question about the board and how much influence they should have, I think you have to get a manager who buys into your philosophy. Mm -hmm. Because if you have the board setting um, too much around what who you can buy and what you can do, you start getting to the point of you know, how far away is that from Romanov coming into the dressing room and Picking yeah. players and all that, you, and you've got to have limits. The, the, other, the, the other worry, I, I suppose, as well, is that the club changes its philosophy and, and approach, you know, and, and goes away from the approach that we've had under Dyla and the, the whole club, even Did the board, take the view of, hold on, we might be pushed next year, we need to qualify for the Champions League financially, we have to do it next year. So let's change our... But let's be more short term. I don't think that's an option at all. Absolutely, you can buy a couple of, and we've talked about this previously, Sarmani said it quite a few times, buy a couple of ready-made players to improve the squad, certainly. Um, but you can't go signing Joey Barton's left, right and centre. That's just madness. Um, <laughs> to financially survive, Celtic as a club have to develop younger players, mm. look at markets where we can get cheaper players and sell them on after a couple of seasons. We are a selling club. We can't get away from being a selling club until mm. Scotland pulls a billion dollar um, TV deal out of its backside or we move to the English Premiership. But, and, you know, we've got a lot of projects there. We've got project players that are going to develop and, and, you know, I think you're right. We need a few kind of right through the spine of the team centre half defensive mid striker we need proven quality some 
we we need bits of quality in there that that are not projects that we know are going to work. Very difficult to do, but that's what we need to do. And then the rest of the the squad can be made up of these project players. But I don't want us to forget about them and 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 discard them. You know, because as well, when it comes to the signing, there's been an example already this season with uh, Scott Allen. Um, we don't really know who signed him because it was not a couple of weeks ago where Dyer came out and says that. Scott Allen's not played enough of games because he doesn't fit my, my system. So if he doesn't fit your system, why did you sign him? And then he or said yes to other signings. Was he was he signed by the the club? Um, as maybe there's been rumours say just to get one up on the team in the other side of the city because obviously he's been a big fan. Um, or is it a case of he's seen Allen play a certain way at Hibs that then all of a sudden didn't work out at the club? But you must have seen something in him at Hibs that would say he'll fit my style. I want to sign him. So there's still a bit of jibbity of who actually bought Scott Allen. Was it the board or was it Dyla? I don't see the... We're to, we talk about the board not being willing to spend money and now we're suggesting that they're signing players just to get up somebody. I don't think that's... Well, it kind of does reek of that, does it not? If Dyla's come out and said Scott Allen doesn't fit my system, why... Um, so why, why did they sign him if he doesn't fit his system? What was the point in signing him? I doubt... I doubt law would sanction a signing based on the fact that it's to get it up Rangers because he's as tight as a duck sir, from what I've heard. No, I don't think... I mean, how much did we spend in Alan? No, a couple of hundred thousand. Yeah, I think two to three hundred. Yeah. I mean... I mean, ultimately as well, he was never going to go to Rangers because Hibs were never signing him to the... Because obviously they were in the same league at the time, Hibs were never going to put him to their competitors. You, you'd have spent that money to bam them up, wouldn't you? <laughs> aye, aye, aye. I'd, I'd drop half a million, man, just, 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 to, just to annoy them. I don't know. I, I know where you're coming from with that. Um... But I genuinely don't think that the club would sanction a player just for a yeah. laugh. And I think... And it was a laugh. I, I think Dyla in that interview was being diplomatic. I think he might have had, you know, here's a player, okay, yeah, he looks all right. Um, I certainly don't think he chose all of the players that, that were signed for him. Um, as I say, he might have got a final wee yes or no to that guy, but... I think most of the work was done behind the scenes for a lot of those signings. See John Park, is he head of recruitment? As far as I'm aware, he's still part he, of the head he, scout. Is he chief scout? Is there is a difference the in role? Because you know that, that this from the, the the team across the the city, they have they brought this guy in um, who they, I've I keep seeing in articles and things. This, this guy seems to be talked up. Like Parkland or something, yep. but he's the head of, oh, head yeah. of recruitment, and with the Joey Barton thing and all that, it seems that he's obviously the one that is in talks with him and all that. And these players, I think he's quite well respected and things, which is fair enough. I'm, I'm sure the guy's been successful down down south, but we don't. Do we have a head of recruitment, or is that the I John don't Park have my Celtic it, stakeholder it, map. It might just be the same job, just different titles. Like Chief Scouts, Scouts has always been an old generation. We've always had Scouts going back for God knows how many decades, yeah. but now we're, they're kind of jazzing up the kind of titles for their job titles now, maybe. Park's definitely involved in in identifying players. Now, I, I would... I would did, assume... Did it, I would to the extent of going and watching games? Well, he's yeah, probably right. got people who... Yeah, a team. A team of scouts that go and watch for him and then he'll mm. come back and he'll analyse. It might be that if they're looking to move in a guy, he'll go out and have a look at it. But he's definitely... I mean, he came from Hibs, didn't he? That That's where yeah. we got him from. And it was like he, they brought through the golden generation of 
Kenny Miller, Scott Brown, and Riordan, Kevin right? Thompson, and Riordan. When you look back, Whitaker. when you look back, exactly, they, they weren't really that good, were they? But let's be honest. But it, he's kind of clearly involved in terms of identifying them. Um, so, I, but that I think he might be part of the problem because he's identifying a lot of duds now. If we're being perfectly honest, I think we maybe need to get rid of him. The dud to Jim ratio has certainly went the wrong way. Um, Going back to the 7-0, just pick of the goals. Anybody got a favourite? You mentioned Aitchison just for the, the emotion of it, but... Aye, I think Aitchison, with the way he done it, first touch and everything, fantastic. Tierney's first goal, I thought he'd scored before, but there you mm. go. Um, it's a tie between Armstrong from the way the finish. However, there's Christie for Rodgers' set-up. I think that, that wee bit of footwork was really nice to kind of free up the ball to play him in. It was. Um, Technique-wise, though, I don't think you can look past Armstrong's. I mean, that was that was fantastic. That, I mean, that was a, sort of a real classy finish. You know, when he brought the ball and it kind of got away from him a bit and then he just arrowing it into the top corner. It was fantastic. But as you, as you say about Rogic, his feet are, are fantastic. And um, what are you doing? Talking to Boud. Strategising. Carry on. Um, aye, his feet were fantastic for the goal, but I, I think you need to kind of give the nod to, to Armstrong. Beautiful. What about you, Lou Dog? Me? What was your favourite goal? Aitchison. Did you say that? Followed yeah. by Thielney, yeah. The, the correct answer was, <laughs> was Lustig. It was Lustig. Um, <laughs> That's the first time his name's been mentioned. How far away? <laughs> about fifty minutes ish. Gavel have turned off to him. Gavel's actually tweeted Arnold Armstrong and Lustig just the best. <laughs> and they are. No. But both both of those players, um, Armstrong, more the last period maybe Lustig to a degree, have improved quite dramatically from earlier in the season where their their form um, had dipped quite a bit. You'd mentioned Lustig as a I'm pointing at Louis um, as a senior player that we definitely should keep and should be kind of part of the the new old blood. Do we think Lustig has um, secured this his position? Because it was maybe he was maybe in a wee sugarly peg. He'd a run of about a dozen games where he just did not look um, either fit or competent. I d- I don't know. F- yes, I mean he he. Uh, to be fair, he is going to be the first choice because we haven't seen enough of Yanko and we don't know where he is fitness or ability-wise to, real, to really say that he's going to be number one. Um, but his pace is definitely an issue. I think it, if he is going to push so far up and be kind of overlapping and all that sort of thing, you have to have a lot of energy in the middle of the pitch, certainly the two that are sitting, something that McGregor gives you, that Beaton and Brown don't. You need a lot of energy in there because you need someone who's going to then cover in his position if need yep. be um, until he gets back. And that's one one concern for me is that, you know, it's all right playing against Motherwell when, you know, there's nothing for the them to play down. for. Yep. You can bomb forward all you want and he can do that. But in European football, I would I would personally hope that Celtic, whoever the, the manager is, the defensive side of the game has to be 
the thing that his uh, he, that should be his first protocol. And I'm not just talking about the four defenders. The whole team has to have a system of defending that when we don't have the ball we fall into a position that makes us strong again and makes us a unit and that's something we've not had under Dyla I don't think there's been maybe a couple of games last season where, where you saw us without the ball and we, we dropped back in Europe uh, you know we, we dropped back and looked okay but that really needs to be something that we become good at and we should have those foundations to build on so that's what I, I would like to see that then you're going to ease the pressure on these players, such as uh, Lustig, even if the likes of Boyata plays again, that sort of thing. You know, having a proper structure there will cut out, hopefully cut out some of these mistakes and make us a better team. Because I think the team organisation is something that has to has to develop rather than individualism. Because the, the thing as well for Lustig... It's going to be interesting um, coming for the qualifiers because he's the only right-back that Sweden have named in their squad for the Euros. I've seen that during the week, which was a bit bizarre. He's not got any backup, so he's literally going to be playing right-back for every game unless he's injured. He's made a steal. There's no danger in that. He's made a crackle. (laughs) (laughs) And then, obviously, coming in the back of that, we're then going to start having the kind of qualifiers. But I dare say the first few, Bianco will probably get... Some game time because he does need game time. We need to get him. I thought he was Swiss fit. Who? Yanko. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Oh, He's not going to be helped seeing that. That was my. That was a hilarious joke there. I'll put in some canned laughter later. Oh, you have to carry on, Kieran. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we've seen a lot as well over the, the, the end, towards the, the end of the season. He's not been pushing directly up an awful lot. I think he's. I think he's been quite smart when he's went. He's went forward when he knows there's going to be the ability to get back. He's not going to get caught out. So he has been quite kind of intelligent when he's when he's when he's went forward. Um, he's not been kind of constantly going gung ho up and down, up and down, and then kind of getting caught out towards the end. So, but at times it does restrict um, support for the right the person who's playing as right winger. Um, he's obviously getting no support because the fullback's not covered enough. And sometimes the midfielders don't go towards him. I mean, I noticed that was the, um, the Aberdeen game. There was times where Roberts had the ball and there was no one near him. Lustig wasn't coming up to help. None of the centre midfielders were coming towards him either. So at times he was having to try and beat two or three guys himself. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that was that. That's a slight issue you could have. You can end up isolating your winger if your fullback is not getting up enough. Are we right in saying? Am I right in saying that Lustig is the only Celtic player going to the Euros? No. Big Eric's going as well. Or Denmark, oh no, Denmark, Denmark out. Oh, so put Denmark out, didn't they? That must be someday. Let's see if you can get it. Let's go through there. Oh, you Hansen? Norway going? Norway aren't going. Ha ha, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> there is someone though. Yeah. Okay. Not just. Uh, not just Ellis. <laughs> Dedrick. Off. Logan. Oh, oh, but then he's not going to be first choice, is he? No. Well, he only has to be second choice. <laughs> um, but is, that, is that the only two actually? I think it is. I'm I'm pretty sure they are the, they are the only two that are that are going. If yours wasn't injured, to them, which is probably not a great sign for us. Might have done but they. but the thing the thing is um, that I then oh, I then what about Israel? Are Israel not on? No, they never made it either. They were in they were in Wales's group, right. and I think they blew it. So. But that would. Um, 
Oh. That that would Christy. Going with Wales. Um that would mean that Lustig would be coming back late to pre season training right. and then the qualifiers. So that's why I'm um, saying Yanko Paul get the first few qualifiers, like the kind of second and third yeah, round. Yeah. Um but I just had just had a, a brilliant thought there. I had an epiphany. Right. I'm gonna help you out with this presenting lark. Right. On you go, pal. Here we go. There are a number of players out on loan this mm-hmm. season are, are, are coming back to the club. We're coming home. We're, we're going to embrace them. Send them home, happy. I think. Nah, I'm going um, to run through some players. I'm going to give you some names. Go for it. And you're going to tell me if you think they still have a future, if you would keep them for next season, or if you should show them the door. Are go. you ready, Sir Manny? Do, do, do a round robin. This will be great. Right, here we go. Right. Daniel Fisher. But would you go first? Nothing but backup. But would you keep him? You're the manager. Would you give him a chance? <sighs> no, unless there's movement of Lustig or Janko, I wouldn't. So it's no then? So it's a no. It's a no. No for me. No? No. Because we've got Janko, Lustig, and then we've got that young boy. Was it Thompson his name was? Ralston. 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 Anthony Ralston. So there's a youngster there and to be developed. Great hair, but no. Cheerio. Okay. Sorry, um, Darnell. Cracking haircut. I, d- I don't know. Rouse. Yes or no? Just, you're going to delay this because if you know what's going to happen. through the entire no. squad, it's apparently. A, it's a no. Well, Darnell, uh, you know. O'Connell. Don't know. First of all, we yes, no, we, maybe. We had a few yeah. games. I thought it was quite good, but there's the, the lad. The young lad that's in there just now begins with his name begins with K. Kelleher. Is it Kelleher? Kelleher? I've had a lot of reviews about him. So Connell looks really slow. That's the one thing I'll say about him. But I can't, I, he hasn't played. I, I don't think any of us have seen enough to judge. Yeah, he's a young centre back. We need centre backs. Aye. So you're keeping him. You keeping him? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm actually going to say if no. If he jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? I'm actually going to say no. Oof, I, I was know. hoping that you'd go against him and then I've got a tie-breaking vote here. I'll say no, but... <laughs> Why was, what would your vote want to be? Nah. Louis' vote doesn't count? No, no. he's the host. Okay. He's taking over. Co-host. Co-host. Should I have speed, I'm, I'm, speed this up a bit. Yeah. I, this is why you're a co-host, Louis. I'd, I'd say yes. I'd like to see him in pre-season training. Well, um, Nadir, Nadir. Bye, bye. Don't even get his second name out. No. Frankly, Nadir, I don't give a damn. Get him. We have a Twitter question about him. We'll get to in the second half. About um, no, sorry, sorry, gal. Chifty's uh, gone. No. No, absolutely not. Why would you just jump from defence to forward there? <laughs> <laughs> You're not kind of going through kind of positional sense. No, I'm going, got, I'm going through them as they are in the, on, the, on, the, on the website. Oh, oh, they actually got a wee section of loanies, yeah? Aye. Oh, a sorry. section of loanies. My apologies. That's all right. Liam Henderson, Hendo. Oh, why? Oh, why? It's got to be. Where is going to fit in? Mind you, I don't know it. Ah, he's been keep doing well for Habs. Um, absolutely. I think he's he should be pushing for a for a starting place, I think. Um Anthony Stokes, Tony Stokes. Time's up. Yeah. I'd, to be honest, I wasn't what I seen of him at Hibs didn't particularly impress me. Um I think he did all right, but considering the championship, I think he should have done a, done a lot better. Yeah, that's enough for me as well. 
He should have he should have been there to galvanise because with his experience, he should have been there to kind of galvanise the squad and get them kind of together and help them push forward. But I didn't really see him influencing too many games. You see, he was quite an important player for Dylan in his first season. I think he oh. seemed to be one of the guys that bought into the the idea, or at least he seemed to be. And then he played the semi final against Rangers, and he was deplorable. Pitch was terrible. To be fair on him that day, he was really bad that day, and he never he's never really came back from that for me. So, Chiril. Uh, I'd agree. Although, strikers is obviously something that we need. I mean, we've got quite a few strikers on the books, but Christie had to play up front because we couldn't even put one on the edge. The other things well, Dyer played him a lot, a lot on the left. Yeah, which is the new manager may not see him as playing the left. Although he was playing the left for Hibs as well at times, I think. I, 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 I still, I still wouldn't want him, but I think it will be interesting to see what happens with him because when he signed for Hibs, he was very adamant he'd be coming back to South. See, I mean that's an issue. We've said no to two strikers. We've got three strikers and two of the ones we've got, we do not want in this cup either. Well, there's another so striker I think coming. Down for one striker. Oh, there's oh, one more uh, coming. Uh, there's two. Actually. The Skip Generals, Skeppington Steel. I don't even know how he's doing in Spain, so I don't know. I'm saying yes. I'm saying bring him home. Oh, I'm yeah. saying bring the skep back. I'm not skeptical. Oh. Oh. God damn it. That was good as well. That was, <laughs> it was going to be, be, be cracking. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, I'd agree with you. I'd, I think that's the classic case of thinking that someone's better because they've not been about. You know what I mean? And he's a bit foreign. We all know foreign <laughs> players are better. Come on, and we, we we were quite kind of vocal, and uh, you know, our escape, escape's going to come good. You know, one time we'll get one of these right. Aye. I think actually, I I would say yes as well. Actually, out of all the strikers we've got, we're keeping Griffiths. Then after that, we haven't got nobody else, so we can't go and buy two or three strikers. So I think we'd have to kind of maybe give escape another chance I and bet see he what does he does do. Back, come back anyway. Um, I don't think he does. And lastly, who's the last striker? Aidan Nesbitt. Aidan Nesbitt. See, I thought he was, wasn't a striker he played out in the, in the wing does it matter I'm asking you yes or no I don't even really know I've never seen any guy play he is a wee guy that's the thing <laughs> I think he's uh, from what I gather what right, I've read I, 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 I tell you what I tell you what I'll give you, a, I'll give you a new option yes you want to keep him no get rid of him or loan will you loan him will you loan him <laughs> what age is he right he's 18 uh, he's a teenager I think he's Can he go back To the development squad again But was at that stage Where he no, needs, no. needs to get First in football somewhere Loan him I think that what Some people at the club Think he's a phenomenal talent But In terms of his physique And his development Size wise It's it's no cut up With his ability um, Apparently I've I seen a picture of him um, At one of the awards dues And he looked Tiny, he looked like really How can you be such guy. a fan of Patrick Roberts and yet so? As <laughs> <laughs> a point, right. well, Patrick against anyone who's small. Patrick Roberts has Paddy. a fine physique. <laughs> to he be man. fair, he, he does have the hey, Pat hey. Moan stomach. He's got the old six pack. Hey, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. You're not finished either, and you're boy upset. I'm not up finished because I've not told you about this yet. No, but you said that was the last one, but you've upset Mr. Wolf. You've upset Mr. Wolf by missing somebody out. Why? Who did you miss? I'm coming at him. He's my different category, Keel. He's still alone, is he not? Right, anyway. Nesbitt, I agree with Samani. I think he can't go back into the development squad now because apparently he's played really, really well for Partick Thistle since he's been on loan. He's had a couple of 
really, really good performances where he's really shone for them. So he's got to get more game time. He's probably not going to get it with us. Although, with the likes of Forrest probably moving because he's not signed a new contract, there might be an opportunity for him to get some minutes. And, you know, because we don't have many. Now, I, I see him as a winger whenever I've seen him play which has only been a, a few times, but I don't like the idea of him playing up front. But as a winger, I think he could do a job. I think you loan him for the first six months of the season and see how he goes. I don't loan him to Partick Thistle, though, because they're our biggest Glasgow rivals, and I don't think we should Very be doing true. that. But just me. So on to your now, your wee extra section you were going to... Yes. I've, I've ruined somehow. A, pl- a player that has signed for the club, he's on loan but we have never seen him play. Aya. But there's no real debate there because he's coming. It's not as if we're gonna we're not going to loan him out again. We're not going to sell him. So I wasn't even going to go there. I'd get rid of him. We could sell him. <laughs> and Johansson, because then it means that Christian... There's no need for that boy after you get rid of those two. No, I think, I think it's going to be interesting to see what type of player he is. I know Christian said that he... He thinks he'll be a defensive midfielder, and it's one thing that we need. Is he the boy? He's no idea what he's going to be. <laughs> then again, you look. So we've just got making it up as he goes. So along. we've got Brown, Beton, McGregor, Johansson, Henderson, and Ayer. There's six people vying for See, two you positions. Worried, you were worried what we were going to do uh, for cover at fullback when as a Gary leaves. That's where Ayer plays. Can Christian just <laughs> makes it up? <laughs> he's left. He's left footed. I don't know if he has or not. I don't know what discretion. That's his position is going to be. But I mean, like I said, there's six people, six players that are going to be vying for the two positions. Um, We're all hoping, well, we're all hoping that Brown and Bitton get kind of moved on. Well, Bitton is the one out of the two that you think is more of a cert. I mean, I reckon if anybody came in for him. Oops. Um, Oops. That's why Gal doesn't put the telly on it. (laughs) (laughs) We don't watch the football. I I think if Beaton, somebody came in for Beaton that was at a half decent level, I think he would he would be off like a shot. Brown think, less so. I think we would be taking the money like a shot as well. Aye, I think, Aye, I think it's mutual. I mean, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, some of the players we've had in the past that have went for big money, like ten million pounds, Forster, Winyama, and and McGeady, At the point where they left, they were huge players for us. You wouldn't say Beaton's huge. For instance, in a big game, if he wasn't starting in the middle of the park, you wouldn't think, oh, that's it, we're finished. Um, so I, somebody wants to give us a few million quid, no bother, we'll take it. Not a problem. We will take a small musical break and then we will return. Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I tried to reach for you But you have closed your mind Whatever happened to our love I wish I understood It used to be so nice It used to be so good So when you Can save me 
Right, lads, that was a fantastic musical choice by myself. I'm sure we'll all, all agree. Uh, Who was it? Banging. <laughs> TBC. Uh, so, uh, Ronnie Dyla, we've touched a little bit about him um, earlier on and some of the choices he made. Um, what do we think the the legacy that he is leaving, uh, both the club overall and just thinking about next the next manager coming in to kind of shape the squads in? Uh, who wants to pick up with that? Chris Sarmani, you've been volunteered. Okay. I think that... What was the question? Ronnie uh, Dyla's le- uh, legacy. Legacy. So club overall and then the next manager's squad. Well, I think in the end he managed to win the league twice, which is the bare minimum that you would expect a Cel- of a Celtic manager in the, 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 the situation that we're in. Um, in terms of Scottish football um, so he's continued his on the road to 10 in a row which is the hope for a lot of um, Celtic fans legacy wise I think we touched on it earlier on what he's implemented at the youth level in the Celtic and the, the few you know players that he's brought through namely Tierney um, hopefully he's, he's kind of left his legacy in developing these guys and bringing them through and hopefully the ethos that he's he's, he's given to the club at uh, a youth level continues to develop players for, for us apart from that no much else if I'm being honest um, is that harsh? is that harsh? no I think that's fair fair, fair. Um, the squad I think uh, as I said has, has kind of mostly got a clean slate I think there's players there that have got a lot of talent that have failed to flourish under them I don't think we're in anywhere near as bad a state as most fans do, or even I thought um, a few weeks ago, I think a stronger manager will get more out of the squad. 
I think we need to strengthen in key positions. Genuinely think that we need a really dominant central midfielder. Uh, I think that would make the difference. Manager, someone like that. <laughs> He's a left back, mate. Um, but or a Joey Barton, a Joey Barton. Um, somebody who's going to come in and kind of dominate the middle of the park. To you know, well, somebody Kante. Let's get Kante. I can't or a Wanyama, somebody like that, yeah. somebody who on their game, you know, was you, you knew was going to be yeah, solid, solid as a rock in the middle of the, of the field. Um, but aye, it's all right. Squad's all right. It's not as bad as we thought. Legacy, I, I think legacy is a difficult one because we don't quite know what he's done behind the scenes, and I think that's really where his legacy is going to come from if if he ends up having one is. What he has done behind the scenes, as Samani says, with the youth uh, and trying to, you know, show them a different way of working, really try and, and open their minds to new ideas and new uh, techniques and things, whether it be on the actual physical side of the game and, and football, fo- football inside of the game or, you know, on the mental side, as Samani was alluding to earlier on. Um, that'll be interesting to see if there is a, a real legacy there. I, I don't think there will be from a fan's point of view. I think there might be within the club. I think within the club, the people that are working there, um, not not just the board, but kind of, I'm sure it will trickle down, and especially Lennox Town. I think he'll probably end up having a lot of kind of admirers in the game from people that he's he's worked with there. As far as the new manager goes, um, I, I, I my first choice would be Brendan Rodgers because I, I think he is he's got a number of things going for him. Um, like what? Well, he he seems to have a link to Celtic in terms of his own personal and, and family uh, kind of supporting the team. Um, I think he is close to Dyla in terms of philosophy and working with youth players there was a number of players Raheem Sterling probably being the the biggest one but there was a number of youth players that he brought through and, and developed at Liverpool um, he's managed a big club with big expectation um, and he took them very very close to winning the league uh, obviously it fell away but every manager loses his job at some point um, so the next season well, next season, aye, but I mean, you can't. Any manager we sign has been sacked at some point. I'm not so being you can't go with that. But I think he's got a number of things going for him, which I would I would like to see. Um, and I think he would be, in a way, a next level manager for a team that we want to see get to that next level. Other than him, David Moyes, possibly, but I am less keen as time goes by on Moyes. Um, I just hope it's not someone like Roy Keane or Neil Lennon, you know, own coil. I hope it's not not these these guys, but we'll just need to wait and see. Before I ask you guys who you would actually like to see, just talking about Rogers, um, managed Liverpool. Uh, that's his last job. Do you think that Celtic can A, afford Rodgers' wages and B, provide the kind of budget that Rodgers might expect or want coming into the club? I think we'd have to lean heavily on his support of the club. 
I mean, guys like Moyes and Rodgers, there's a reason why they're the highest profile named managers we're linked with. And it's because both of them have got a link, whether it be playing with them or having supported them as a youth. Both of them have made money through managing football teams, so you'd have to obviously we'd pay them, but we're not going to pay them what they could earn in the Premiership. We're going to have to lean on what they're motivated by. Are they motivated by supporting it's managing a team that they've got a connection to and a love for? Um, or do they want to go and get paid the most amount of money? I think that's what we would have to lean on. And if that's got the pull for them, then that's the only way we'll get them. Because let's be perfectly honest, I mean, Burnley, if they replaced Sean Dyke or whatever, or something, not that they're going to, but any one of these smaller clubs, even the top half of the championship, could probably pay more for their manager than we can. Because that's always the thing with the Moyes and Rodgers. You've also there's a number of jobs down south, like your Everton, your um, your Watford, your Aston Villa, and I'm not too sure Newcastle whether Benitez is going to hang around or not. They're top clubs. They're big clubs, especially Newcastle and Villa. They're big clubs. They do have still have money, so they're able to kind of give them their budget. They can pay them big wages. Also, there is the challenge there with Villa and Newcastle of getting them back up to the Premier League, which sometimes you can see. Uh, it can be a difficulty getting out of the championship, so there is that challenge there. So they may see that as more lucrative to do that than come up to Celtic, where they're kind of literally going to they'll have a challenge to the league, but realistically, they shouldn't be getting lost. It's the big ones, Europe. Um, but for the first season, there's not going to be enough time for them to kind of establish something that would make them. Get into the Europe because we haven't got the danger of the Champions League. It's just going to come too quickly from players um, pre-season and you. Well, we've only said only two players at the Euros. Um, so there's that. It's more of a they're having to take time to build something for a number of years. And then again, if it's not working after year two, do we still stick with them even if they're a big name? Because Tyler didn't work after year two and he's gone. Um, so. Uh, uh, like Smiley says, it is kind of tugging on their, kinda, their heartstrings when it comes to the actual kind of club itself. I mean, we've heard Rogers say wonderful things about the club and how much a, um, how, how massive the club is and how much it would be an honour to be, to be the manager. But deep down, would you want to be managing with the Scottish the SPL week in, week out? Try to do it in Europe. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work with Europe, then... You've got the kind of pressure of the fans on your back. But you've also got to look at the potential. I mean, the potential of Celtic is greater than the potential of Aston Villa. I would think, from a footballing point of view, Brendan Rodgers develops a team there. He could take his in, he can play Champions League football. He could. He, he has a reasonably good chance of, you know, at least being in the qualifiers for the Champions League for years, potentially. He's going to have Rangers back, so there's going to be more attention on the league. There's going to be a tight, a genuine title race. Probably four good teams that are going to be fighting it out. I'm, I don't know if Hearts and Aberdeen are actually going to be able to last the pace, but I think they will both improve. It's going to be a competitive league. It's going to be. I think it'll be an entertaining league next year. But the 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 carrot is really European football, and he is not going to get European football with anybody else because he's not going to get to manage one of the, the, the teams that are in Europe down in England. Even if he takes on an Everton, is he really going to be able to take Everton from where they are just now up into the top four next season? No, that's 
not going to happen. But then not. And then there's the Liverpool link as well. I mean, he's going exactly. to go to Everton. Exactly. Managing them. That's 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 probably exactly that's not going to happen. But uh, when Everton were in the top four, that was never an overnight thing as well. That was Moyes. That was years and years and years of Moyes establishing a club, getting an ethos, getting a philosophy going there, and that at one point got them into the Champions League. They could see that with Newcastle and Villa. They've got the ability to have a challenge, get them into the Premier League, and then establish something that maybe three, four years down the line, they could be up battling, no, maybe not top four, but up like the sixth, seventh or eighth to get into Europe. There's that kind of challenge uh, as well. The other thing is, I think I think Moyes has made it clear he wants to go and back, he wants to manage back in the Premier League. I think Rodgers actually could see him going to... Valencia or something like that. I think he's a type of guy who is, loves the game, wants to develop, learn new things, learn different cultures. I would imagine he would go and be thinking about moving abroad, even for for a couple of years. So it's not just teams down in England that we've got to compete with if we want them. But I mean, the rumor is that he's getting his interview this week. We'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we just need to wait and see. I I think he is the kind of if you like that outstanding candidate compared to some of the other absolute dross that's in that and but there's a lot of managers without a job yeah so there's, there's also an added challenge yeah. next year for the manager as well where you look at Leicester this season and what they've achieved there's I dare say Aberdeen Hearts and this new club coming up that were promoted they must have that kind of mentality or looking at that model of what's happening thinking do you know what that could be us next year we could actually topple Celtic and they could try and build what Leicester have tried to build or built this year and try and challenge for us for the title with when they've got no money what Leicester didn't have didn't have any money but they had a, they kind, of, a kind of a togetherness and they built something um, as a team there is, there is a possibility that could happen next year with the like Aberdeen and Hearts um, that could obviously um, challenge us for the league. So it could. I think we've got to remember with Leicester though that was a that was a one-off. That was a once in a once in a generational win uh, for um, the Premier League, but yeah. it could not happen to the not, Yeah, we can't we can't be arrogant as Celtic fans and just assume that we're going to win the league. Because Hearts and Aberdeen weren't that far behind. No. I know it's fifteen points now, but Aberdeen kind of lost their way over the last couple of weeks, and also there was a purple patch they had in October. Yeah, but you you've got to assume that we are going to do better. I mean, I think we demand. I think the fans demand that we do better, and there's more consistency. Christian posted the other day. Uh, the amount of games I don't know if I don't know if he makes these stats up as well as his Norwegian football knowledge. But anyway, we'll put it out there. Christian, prove this is this information's correct. I think he put the number of games managed and the number of um, yeah, wins, draws, wins losses. draws, losses was and they were identical between Neil Lennon and Tyler. Uh huh. Now I don't know what he was trying to say there because there's a reason why Neil Lennon's no longer at the club because overall. He didn't do enough, and neither did Tyler. So, well, I don't know what my point is. Here. So, is it point though that if, 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 if people are shouting for Neil Lennon to come back, yeah, well, he's yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's not, not done he's any not, better than all, all he's got is the Champions League, and he did that in his third season. So, wait a minute, that must be crap. That stat that he's put out right enough. I think it was comparing two years, and I don't know if it was a latter two years, which would then actually be. 
more comparable. Yeah. Well, no, I'd say you'd compare Dylas two years with Lennon's first two years, which would make it, it Dylas reign look a lot better, if you will. For those that are saying oh, it was definitely just bullshit. <laughs> just made up some numbers. Made something up, though. Yeah. Um, so I think we've got a Twitter question. We'll have a wee look through in a bit. But um, Brendan Rogers for Louis. Yes. Sir Manny. Sir Manbot. I would still take Moyes over Rogers. Just. Um, I get the idea around philosophy. Um, and I kind of buy into that. Um, I've not made any secret of the fact that I, I really want Celtic to play in attractive football, not just be good. Um, um, you know, obviously get the results. One thing I'll say though is, and I don't know if people will agree with me, I think that Rogers has got the potential to be, he could be spectacularly bad. And I just think that's to do with his personality. Now, I don't think there's a huge chance of it. I think he's a good manager and stuff. But you know that way where if I was to pick out a Moyes and Rogers who was going to hit the ground running, I would pick Moyes. There's a wee part of me thinks that Rogers is a wee bit mental, which I like, but it could spectacularly blow up in his face. I don't know why, and I don't think anybody will agree with me, but... Um, I just think if you had to pick one who's guaranteed out of the two of them who's going to be guaranteed the success, I would say that Moyes much more so than Rogers, um, and I would probably just give him the edge. I'll be with Rogers. Um, at times, the football he played under Swansea was good to watch. It was good in the eye. I'd like to think that we bring some of that um, to us as well. Um, and let's say, I mean, he's, we've talked about the pressure. I mean, he, he was a manager of Liverpool and he was a Stevie Gerrard slip away from winning the league, which Liverpool hadn't done in how many years. Um, so he has got the potential to build a team that can do that, which, but we don't need to build a team to win, to win the league. We're going to win it. We just need to kind of retain it. So we just need to build a squad that's going to be winning enough games to kind of keep the league. So, um, I, I think I would take Rodgers over Moyes. I think Moyes at times can maybe play more of a kind of controlled, not quite defensive, but not quite as offensive uh, performances in his, in his teams compared to Rodgers. Um, and yeah, I'd be, I'd be with Rodgers. Okay. And from that kind of chat, I'm thinking you? you're... I'm hosting, I don't need to answer. Uh, Get off the fence, splinter arse, come on. Ooh, snappy. Um... But yeah, it sounds like Moyes Rogers are the top two picks. There was a question, top three picks plus three that you just wouldn't want to have the job. So I guess that's who's your manager if Moyes and Rogers weren't available, plus uh, three people uh, you don't want doing the job. Are just going them. to pull a candidate not going to get or out of, out of the candidates named? How about mm. I get a list up and yeah. we can, we can really talk them attack over. that question? Bob Bradley should be on there because Chapters is just chewing at the bit for people to talk about Bob Bradley. Big Bobby. Uh, he's been trying that for years, to be <laughs> honest. Um, Commiserations to NUFC monkey Michael Chapman and the relegation of his side. <laughs> Good luck next season, Chapters. Um, I think Neil Lennon, after right. Benitez leaves, it's a shout for Newcastle. Do you want 
Um, right, Brendan Rodgers, uh, David Moyes. This, these are the the kind of favourite, best odds. Aye. Um, David Moyes three to one. Then it goes Brendan Rodgers, Roy Keane, Paul Lambert, Neil Lennon, Malky Mackay, Michael O'Neill, Alex Neil, Martin O'Neill, um, Gus Poyet. Uh, Roberto Martinez, no. Steve Clark. Well, let's just stop there. Um, yeah. So to me, tell me where I'm wrong. I think from that list, Paul Lambert, Alex Neal, and Steve Clark are probably the three most. I'd be tempted to maybe go with Lambert next because I feel. Um, I don't know. I think his connection to the club. I think he's done well. At part he did well at Norwich. Done really well. The Villa job was just. I mean, that's a basket case of a club. What happened at Blackburn there? That's another basket case of a club. I get the feeling that, given the right circumstances, he could put something good together. Um, Should we be questioning his judgment if he keeps choosing these basket case clubs? Well, you could argue we're a basket case club just now. So. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want them. It's a risk. Lambert's a risk. The other two are much less of a risk. Um, but out of the candidates mentioned, I'd prefer him to Keane. I'd prefer him to Lennon. I'd prefer him to Malky Mackay. Um, I don't know anybody that wants Malky Mackay, to be honest. But um, out of the realistic candidates, he would probably be my third choice. Bottom three then. Three that we really don't want. Malky McKay, Neil Lennon, Roy Keane. Keane, mm, that's fair enough. Offy Quiet, you a Keane yeah, fan? Yeah, no, I, I, I like, I'd like the way of, if you've been offered the club, if you've been offered the job and up the back, I don't think we should be going begging again. I think if you, if we, if the Celtic is that much of a stature of a, of a club and of a position to be a manager of, then you should be biting the, the, the hand to take it. Not, not, just not um, get it when you decide. So I'll be, no, I'll be not be, be keen at all. And um, also has kind of his character. He's quite a fiery, aggressive character, which I don't know if that can be a good thing or a bad thing in a, in a dressing room at times. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be for Roy Keane. Here's a question, briefly, for you, Louis. Hit me. Who would you rather have, Malcolm McKay or Neil Lennon? Oh Jesus, that is a question. Um, oof, I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's anything. a question. No, I, if it was Malky McKay or Neil Lennon, I would take Neil Lennon. Well, your choice is. Would you? Well, uh, you'd take Lennon. And I'm thinking well, about his uh, if, supposed. If, uh, no, there's nothing accused. There's nothing supposed about it. I hear you're a racist now, Malky. That's the end of the story. No, I'm more talking about Neil Lennon's supposed behaviour. Oh, right. Uh, oh, oh, aye, aye, that's right. From a footballing point of view, Malky McKay. From any point of view, neither of them. Please, no. Please, God, no. No, please. So you, 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 what you basically I'd rather is you want Malky McKay at the club? I'd I'd rather say to John Collins, what are you up to, pal? You want to just, you, can, you don't need to be manager... Well, did you see what Big Virgil that? said about John Collins? Aye. DVD? I love it, eh? Yes. Um, staying behind with them helped improve his play substantially. Um, aye, Big John Collins, JC. 
I'd, I always knew he was terrific. Oh, yes. There's a spot in the podcast for you, John. Don't worry about it. Um, right, will we get to the Twitter questions? Yes. Yes, let's go. We've got loads of them. I'm in charge of this. It's going to be, it's going to be pacey. It's going to be fast and pacey. Three. I don't want big, long, stupid answers. Keep it short. Do you remember that, Lou? Quality over quantity. Succinct. Right. Go. Uh, Scott68 uh, has tweeted in, does anyone think Roy Keane is a box office manager? I don't think he is. Does anybody think that? I think he's a big name, but I don't think he's a top quality manager. I don't think he's done anything managerially that would make him a top quality manager. In terms of a name, though? Of course he's a big name, he's right. Yeah. Um he was a good player, that's it. Uh Tomo at Jock Tamson eighty nine. This one's for you, so Manny. Mm-hmm. Uh what players in what positions do we need to bring into the first team to show more fight and drive when the chips are down? We need a central midfielder who can boss the area. We need someone if who can replace Winyama. I think the guys we've got in front of that position are we've got a bit more creativity there. But I think that we uh, we need some there, and I also think that we probably need another striker. Um, John so Michael at uh, Huckleberry Finn has said, um, "Was yesterday a glimpse of what could have happened if the manager had had the balls and went full dialer?" Come to you, Boud. Uh, to a degree, yes, but ultimately, as Sir Manny said earlier, I don't know if it would have made a huge difference. Um, my thoughts on that, and I, we don't want a long answer, but if we think about Johansson earlier in the season, playing that deeper role was shockingly bad. Hmm. Lovely. Um, as a Giri fanboy said, Armstrong was on fire. Uh, Gal's going to definitely appreciate that comment. Um, Keelan, how do you feel about Shifty's team's fans burning down their stadium, and are we at risk of that by bringing him back? That was from I, Callum. I can't pronounce your second name, Callum. It's got nothing to do with the second name, it's just me. Callum McCulloch. McCulloch, is that? McCulloch. <laughs> no, <laughs> Callum Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, oh, Callum. It's always disgusting what's happened, but I can't, I can't imagine that would kind of come. He's not coming back. We decided earlier. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know it's it's not going to be an issue. That's a good enough reason not to bring him back. Threat of the burning down the stadium. Stay where you are on the deal. The deal, the deal. Um, back to you, Salmani. Uh, this is from Chris at Hamden75. Um, should... What? That me? Uh, it could be. Um, Thanks for tweeting. <laughs> Thanks for getting in touch. Should Stuart Armstrong Sorry. be given chance to start in Central Mid next season? He has been used properly. He maybe hasn't been used properly till now. If you're talking about the whole... And no, that's Rogic's position. Um, could he, assuming we're playing a 4 2 3 1 under the new manager, um, could he fill in one of the roles in the middle? Possibly. Okay. That's it. Um, about uh, Stuart Hamilton at Stuart in 1967. After Sunday, is it time domestically to do away with two holding midfielders? I think we need to be able to switch our formation about, but uh, when it comes to Europe, I think we definitely need that there, which means we're probably going to have to play it sometimes domestically. But yeah, absolutely. I think we should consider different uh, formations and styles because Dyla's biggest problem was he didn't have a plan B. Mm-hmm. 
Very the true. big issue I'd have with that is if you've got one holding, your other two have to be exceptionally fit and be able to come back and help out. That's my pet hate. Midfielders trotting back when the ball's coming towards the defence. That happens so much throughout this season. I hate it. See so if, so if you lose the ball, you get your ass back behind that ball. Um, don't be trotting back. Don't be having wee jogs back. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave it for defence. Whole body, not just the ass. And all of it. <laughs> a lot of it. And, and uh, I, I suppose you, you then have the, the role of the defensive midfielder becomes even greater if it's just one of them. And he really has to do his job. Whether we've got someone who can do that, I, I doubt. We've also got um, someone who's just totally interested in breaking up playing that set. Beton isn't like that. He likes to be influential, so he likes to move forward. Like like, like Wanyama. Wanyama, was all he cared about was getting that ball, breaking it up and pushing the ball forward. Martin McGuigan has tweeted, um, go through the squad and decide who you'll sell or keep. Um, that's that's something we'll be doing in the next pod. We're going to have a, a podcast with a kind of review of the season, not just for for Celtic and Scottish football, but we'll branch it out to England and and the, the European leagues. So watch out for that in the next couple of weeks. Um, Jamie Moore um, with John Collins going, who will step up to be your da of Scottish football? Anyone? Who's gonna Who's gonna step up and fill the void? Was John what? John Collins was your dad. He was your old dad. Who's your, your dad? Da? Uh, position vacant. Paul Why? Lambert. Paul Lambert. <laughs> oh good well, god! I don't really get that. Is he your dad? Because he's heavy ripped. Because he tells you the way it's got to be. That's what. That's what I'm. That's what I'm taking from it. I don't know. Kill him. I, I think the new manager is going to come in and bring his own people in, so I don't think there'll be a position for a, a, like a, a previous Celtic player to kind of be that kind of link between. Obviously, with Dyla being Norwegian, Collins was the kind of the, the the gap between Dyla and the club to help be realising what Celtic is and all kind of all that stuff. But um, I mean, if, if it's going to be an ex-Celtic player coming as manager, then you've kind of already got that establishment. So. Um, Stephen Hughes tweets in every week um, at Stephen Hughes thanks for um, tweeting in thanks for tweeting in yep um, with promising youth talent emerging uh, I'm a bit frightened we might squander it with a traditional uh, style manager what are our thoughts as he, as he pretty much exactly in, in, in a tweet Stephen that's pretty much what I was trying to get across and it took me about half an hour well done Stephen we have we did really talk about that earlier on. I think that's a worry that we all have to a certain extent, but we we recognise we've got to have a balance. Um, Christian's just sent a bunch of tweets, but let's just ignore them. Um, Some made up numbers. Yeah. That's our answer to your tweets, Christian. Stop you making know, up numbers. Do you know that Ayers' favourite food is pickled herring? <laughs> Probably is Christian. Pickled herring. Um, was Ronnie an opportunity missed for both Celtic and for him, for Cardiff boy? Me? Anyone? Um, I think, well, we need to wait and see what happens at his next club, but I think it, it would, would, you could probably guess that it came too soon for both of us if he had perhaps went to a, garnered a bit more experience at a club. Um, you know, he might have, he might have been more of a success. I think his inexperience dealing with a club of our size kind of showed through. And you know, who knows what would have happened if he had maybe 
had five years more experience under his belt. I'm strongly reserving the right to next season, if it's a manager I don't like, continually say this would be better under, under Ronnie Tyler. So, yes. I think this podcast, will, I think we'll all do that, to be honest with you. Well, aye, Brian quite often does that in the WhatsApp. Brian backed him to the hilt and then eventually said, no, he's crap, but then spent the next entire time saying how great he was. Uh, bitter, bitter. Did you hear how bitter I was there? That was a bit bitter. Um, fellow cynic, Seth. Uh, Seth Fintan Steel, I'm going to call him. Uh, Give Seth a follow if you're interested in your football stats. Yep, at 226blog. Um, we are a selling club, right? So which of our better players will be sold for a nice profit this summer? And then he's given us a wee hint, because there is a correct answer, apparently. And he's saying it's Roger. You're raging, Lloyd. I'm going to answer this, Seth. I'm going to answer this. Rogic is sold and I will riot I will not appear on this podcast for a whole 12 months you'll start a kick sign or 12 months yes we can't cope with that I know you actually could and it would fold who's going to do the twer exactly um you just get back a lot a lot of, a lot of tweets uh, Andy Robin, uh, Robson um Regards players who comes who goes, we kind of covered some of that stuff, and it's something again that we'll do in, in more detail. Yeah, and um, Ray Eddie at Homer Boy, he says, should we go for another foreign manager, um, like the Genk manager or Bielsa, or do we need that? I suppose do we need that Celtic we, link, or would we be? Would you think it a risk? We go for the best manager for the job. Doesn't matter if he's foreign, Scottish, or UK based. Um, I would take Bielsa in a heartbeat, just to um, making an appointment like somebody like Bielsa would be. It'd be pure good. No, it'd be hu- well. I've slagged Bielsa in the past, not for it, it, he's people. A lot of good managers cite him as an influence, but I tend to think he's a disruptive force at a, a club. I don't think he does as well as he should, and he and he kind of spits the dummy. However, if you're going for a manager like that, that would smack of complete and utter, you know, out thereness that the board won't. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's an out there uh, appointment, and I don't think that the board would do that. If they did, I would probably still applaud it, but I think they're going to kind of go for a steadier pair of hands. Um, but if we brought Bielsa in, you'd have to just kind of applaud that. Um, San Paolo, did he went to... What's he, did he? Georgie San Paolo. The old Chilean. Yeah, 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 I think you might be right. We can have a research. Carry on, Look it up. Um, Frank uh, Castle at Comiskey 90. He said, um, out of the players we have now, what's your first 11 for the, for, I suppose, for next season? Again, that's something that we'll cover. But one question, come to you, Kieran. If you had to sell three midfielders because of the, the squad being so bloated, who would be the three midfielders that you would sell? Uh I would actually get rid of Bitter. I know I'm a huge fan of Bitter, and I was, but I do admit that his performances have reduced in the last six months. So um, I'd sell Bitter. Then we're going to lose Forest anyway, so that's going to free up some space. I'd sell Commons. Well, get rid of Commons. Um, I'd probably Scott Brown as well. I think getting rid of Brown 
but then getting rid of Brown and Bitton is quite a kind of fundamental change in the midfield. So, yeah, Brown, Bitton, and obviously Forrest and Commons will be going as well. So, those four. Those four. Um, William uh, at that guy Goldie um, albeit the development league is a different standard but should we utilise the squad so obviously the the development squad should we utilise that squad more given their unbeaten run this year Chris Bowd Um, (coughs) we should definitely do our best to bring youngsters in and uh, the last few years have been a good opportunity to do that Uh, now that we're going to have a, an extra rival for the title, we have to be smart with that. It's going to potentially be a every game's a winner season this season. Um, so whilst we need to bleed them in, we need to do it pragmatically so we can't go all out. Um, it'd be great to see HSN get a few more games, but he's a 16-year-old boy, uh, so we can't just play development and youngster players every single week unless they're there and Tierney's proven that you can be young and you can be a first teamer but yep. they've got to be the right player um, Shia Lagal um, at the Galatron our uh, regular host he's tweeted in uh, again I'll answer this um, aren't Armstrong and Lustig the bestest guys ever no, that's incorrect. That would be Rogers and Tierney. Uh, Rogic and Tierney. <laughs> Rogers and Tierney. <laughs> Who's Rogers? I've got Brendan Rogers on the mind. Yeah. I'm going to have to do a gal and start to wrap this up. So if you want to choose one last question. Uh, okay. Um, Paul McQueen at uh, Queen Machine 67. Should John Kennedy have left the club with RD and JC? I, it's it's hard to tell what co- different coaching staff do, but considering he's seen as part of defensive coaching, and our defence was shockingly bad, uh, I think he should have went. But so I has he actually like been kept by the club? There hasn't been an announcement made. There's always been an announcement they're leaving, but there's not really been an announcement he's been getting kept. Well, Collins no, just came out and said, "I'm leaving." Whereas is that him of his choice? Collins leaving. Yeah, um, I I would like him to stay in some capacity. I I think he's he, they clearly think a lot of him, um, and I think Dyla was very complimentary of him on a number of occasions. You can't just say that has you know it's not a lot his of people. Fault. Dyla would still be here if it wasn't for his shoddy coaching yeah, work. That's, that's get rid of him. Very true. No, no idea. Just to say we had so many tweets, we had loads of them, so thanks to everybody who got in. If you didn't get your question um, put, put to the panel, it's because of Chris Bout. Yep, I'll take that. Um, but we'll look to get to them next time, and you can always tweet us again. Any final final thoughts? Kind of, uh, I've forgotten the name of that chat show host. I'm terrible. No, on you go. No, no, um, no. I, I think it's it's quite nice to have the season over in a way, and just but there's going to it's going to be an interesting time over the next uh, few weeks and see what happens with the manager and some signings. Yep, yeah, um, it didn't work out for Ronnie, and I'm uh, a bit upset by that. I think, and this might be a choice for a musical interlude. He didn't give us Norwegian wood enough, <laughs> um, but hey. 
That was a wonderful 7 0. That was a oh, touch of Norwegian Wood at the weekend. Um, best of luck in your future endeavours, Ronnie. I hope you do listen to the podcast. This podcast's generally been a fan of you, not me as much as some of the others, but we genuinely wish you all the best for the future. Join me in. Thank Ronnie for his hard work. Absolutely, thanks Ronnie. Thanks for the, thanks for the great moments, the dancing in pubs, the Ronnie roar the first couple of times. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for posing for a well, it's for been, gal as well. <laughs> it's been a, a rocky couple of years, last two years, um, good and bad. There is a, there is a manager in there. It's just unfortunate. It's not a club the size of Celtic. Um, and he'll, he'll, he'll do well in the future, I think, with the uh, other clubs, but not with us. But good luck to him anyway. Yeah, I'd just like to to forth that. Thank you, Ronnie. You're, you, you've done you've done something. There's something there that's happening, and uh, I think he will be a success as wherever he goes next in OPS. Um. You've been listening to Chris Bowd at the Chris Bowd. I have been joined by Kieran Harren. Yes, you have, and it's time for my bed. At Kieran Harren, going to bed. The freight train's had enough. Louis McCaffrey. Get up the road for a baked toy. Yep, off cheese and coleslaw on there as well. The big time. Oh, yes. Uh, at Chris or at I am in agreement, Chris Armani. That's me. Thanks for not giving me my nickname that Gal made for me. Sir Manbot. Fucking shit. <laughs> Sir Manbot 2000. What was he called? Brian. Brian the unit. The unit. The unit. <laughs> what about the freight train over here? The freight train. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on that, um, hi. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the 90 Minute, uh, 90 Minutes Cynic, sorry. On Facebook, on Instagram. Just, I know I've ruined the thing. Yep, that's fine. We did have some tweets about Euro podcasts. We so did indeed. It's something we're going to have. A, I think we'll have one more season review across Europe and then we'll look at trying to maybe have one or two Euro podcasts since yeah. there's clearly an appetite. I mean, that was how I was going to finish, Lou, but just take it on board. Don't interrupt me again <laughs> and we won't have any problems. All right. Uh, thanks all for listening. Uh, there's no road here. Where we are going, we don't need roads. <laughs>